broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. It has been about two weeks, Chirp, since you received your new body. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wasn't sure how to put that. Uh, These couple of weeks, past couple of weeks, have been an interesting uh, time of you knocking a lot of things over, bumping into a lot of things. Oh, yes. uh, Learning that you have to duck through every doorway. I imagine you probably have, like, a healing bruise on your forehead. <laughs> learning to work constant. your trunk. Oh yeah, learning how your trunk works. <laughs> yeah. And it's also been spent acquiring new gear and armor, kind of to. Uh, Up upsizing. Yeah, yeah. Your little four foot <laughs> tall gear doesn't exactly fit on your new six foot six frame. But uh, one morning you are in your quarters. What are you doing? I'm just trying to practice picking up small objects with my trunk. Okay. Uh, as you're doing this... Probably still shiny things. <laughs> trying to pick up marbles and, and coins. And snacking on crackers. <laughs> her body Those taste, are hard to pick up too without cannot. like snapping them and just breaking them all over the floor. So I have to be very gentle with the crackers. You, ha- you haven't switched over to peanuts? Oh no, I don't know what peanuts are. <laughs> And not yet, at least. Not yet. <laughs> now I just want to have a scene where you discover peanuts. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, what is this? Um, so uh, as you're sitting there doing this, the... Oh, I've also been learning to fly because I have my necklace. <laughs> well, I imagine you you knew how it worked before. The... Yeah, but now I have a much bigger body. True. She has to time it to the flapping of her ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's just for balance. <laughs> just keeps the ears out. Uh, as you're doing this, though, uh, kind of floating in the middle of your room, trying to pick up things with your trunk, uh, your door, there's a knock at the door and swings open and Penny is standing there. She says, Chirp, it looks... Uh, Looks like you're busy. Am I am I interrupting anything? Oh no, I'm just you know working, working on with my trunk. trunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, "Well, um, good to know. Uh, I've got a mission for you. Um, why don't you come with me? We're gonna go down to the briefing room and 
Uh, I've got somebody I'd like you to meet. So, come on. Oh, okay. So, I float down <laughs> and duck through the door. Uh, as you follow her, uh, you guys make a stop at Swifty's room on the way there. Swifty's quarters. And Penny doesn't even knock. She just opens the door and peeks her no, head No, I in. knock her hand away with my trunk and open the door myself. <laughs> I'm like a baby trying to <laughs> I learn do, my new body. I do it myself. Use my strong trunk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you, as the two of you push into Swifty's room, uh, you, Swifty, what are you doing in the early morning hours? <laughs> I am sitting on the floor, tanning and stretching faces. Ooh. I imagine that and Swifty's like, room has a distinctive it's, it's like smell a, when you walk by it. It's a little circle of wood that the face gets stretched out, and then I hang it up on the wall. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you Was just the have lady like a bunch from of Doctor faces. Who? Oh, moisturize me! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's the beginning of my collection, so I can make my cloak. Ah, yes, you're, Oh yeah, I would imagine. Uh, when the invasion happened, you probably lost your old store of faces, so you had to start over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Douglas is watching from the corner, just being his usual tree self. And Penny steps into the room and says, Swifty, um, well, I guess you're a little busy as well. I'm going to need you to take a break there, buddy, and uh, come with us. We've got a mission. You will get paid this time. I take my face and I. I you will get paid this time. I take my face and I put it on my desk, and then I look at Chirp and I say, "Chirp, you have much junk in your trunk." <laughs> and then I hand you a tissue because you have a little boogie. No. <laughs> Thank you. I grab my trunk and clean it out real good. And then I use my trunk to throw it away. <laughs> in your I just realized not only do you, like, you have a trunk, but you have arms, and you can interact with the trunk. Just like that whole thing is a very good visual as well. I did not think about the logistics of you being an elephant person. I'm thinking about now. it just now. <laughs> um, I tell, I tell, uh, I'm, uh, I say, I'm really excited, Swifty. I get to go on my first mission. Well, I think we've been on missions together. No. One. Yeah. Well, you mean as a as a not bird? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Let's go. I would imagine Penny Penny turns to Douglas and says, uh, "Douglas, you're gonna want to come along on this one. I think you'll be." Very interested in uh, what we're going to be doing. Oh, yeah, Douglas, come on. And <laughs> Little Chirp, too? Oh, of course. Little Chirp goes everywhere Douglas goes. Little Chirp lives in Douglas's hair, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, he follows the two or all of you out of the room, and Penny leads you down to one of the main briefing rooms. As she opens the door and you all enter the room, you see that sitting there already waiting is a high elf woman. She's about five feet tall, best guess, since she's sitting, uh, sitting down. Um, she has hazel eyes and mousy brown hair, and there's something vaguely haunted in her expression. Hmm. Okay. Penny, uh, Penny 
kind of le- as she's leading you into the room, she says, "This is Varia. She will be joining you on your mission today. We have her on loan from the uh, magic department, and I think she'll be very helpful uh, with what you you have to do. Why don't you come in and sit down, and I'll explain the mission, okay?" I go to shake her hand and I stick out my trunk and then pull it back really fast and stick out my hand. I was going out to shake the trunk, but then then it didn't happen and it turned into one of those things you know how like when you're in a street. <laughs> but just oh 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 okay. Oops. So. Oh yeah. I'm a little awkward right now. <laughs> I nod to Varia and then I go sit down and continue to glare menacingly at Penny. <laughs> <laughs> And Douglas takes up a, a spot in the corner of the room. Penny flips around the chalkboard, and you see that she's already got some, what looks to be some sort of map drawn on the chalkboard. Ooh. And she says, okay, so we're going to be doing a bit of a infiltration and rescue mission. Well, I say we. You're going to be doing a bit of a... While she's doing this, I pull out my little notebook and I copy down the map. Okay. As you're doing that, she hands out pieces of parchment to each of you with the map on it. <laughs> I hate you, Penny. <laughs> she says, okay, so um, this is a installation outside of the city walls where uh, the church is using treats to make magical items. Treat wood is probably the best wood for making magical items because it accepts enchantment exceptionally well. Hear that, Douglas? Your wood is valuable. Oh, Douglas looks very agitated. Uh, Douglas is usually very calm and stoic. I go and put my trunk around him. (laughs) Penny, you pissed off my Douglas. Um, And Douglas is is quiet. He has to, like, rustle his leaves together to make any sort of uh, and he's just making a low level like humming noise mm. at this point oh. with how hard he's shaking. Like he Poor looks Douglas. Uh, he looks very distressed. And Penny says, "Yes, we. I I understand, Douglas, that this might um, be a bit hard for you to contain yourself. But when you get there, your best option is stealth, getting in and." taking out their defenses and then rallying your fellow treats. And Douglas kind of calms down a little bit. There are times, Penny, where I question your tactics. I mean, yes, we are we are the rogues, but I am a giant dragon man and Chirp is a giant elephant and Douglas is a tree. I've been practicing and I think that I'm still pretty good. I'm, I'm being just stealthy saying. a little bit. I do love that now both of our rogues are like <laughs> giant people. Large size. Yeah. Very large. <laughs> we going to need a very Ooh. large bush to hide behind. And not like I typical get races either. Magical cloak. Penny basically she explains the the basic plan that there are some tunnels through the catacombs that lead outside of the city and then once you guys are outside of the city you'll have to make your way through um some pretty thick forest to get to the outskirts of this installation yes question chirp when she was originally a bird had the move through town quickly trick yeah it's 
I know the catacombs. Did yeah. we consider the catacombs part of the town? Well, at this point, with the the way the protectorate's working and the amount of like real estate they've taken over in the catacombs, it's probably specific ways we have to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's when it comes to navigating the catacombs. They at this have point, eyes like, poked out on. But I'm where saying we the can navigate that are. fairly quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not even gonna deal yeah, with okay. going through the catacombs. And I mean, we'll go pretty quickly through the the forest as well. Um, but anyways, uh, but she says, as soon as you are outside of the installation, um, it's gonna be up to the four of you whether or not you want to go in with full stealth, split up. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But your main objective is to liberate this camp. I mean, getting rid of any guards, anyone who's running this place would be an extra bonus. But as long as you can get in there and save all of these treats from being mutilated, basically, that's that's what we'd consider a a rounding success. Okay. Mm, okay. And what does Varia know? about the situation. She just no, tagging uh, along. Penny had gone to her and asked for her help because she was going to send in two rogues with no magical experience into a place where they're harvesting trees for magic wood. Okay. So somebody with some good magic experience. <laughs> Sounds good. So the four of you, I'm assuming you're going to set off right away. There's no reason not to. Oh yeah, I'm ready. On your way out, Penny says, uh, don't Forget to go see Gerald. Nice. He's got his shop set up down at the other end of the main corridor, and uh, he's been producing some very interesting things that I think might help you on your your mission. Um, he'll only check them out to you on a permission basis, though. Understand? All right. <clears throat> all, all right. <laughs> so... So thinking about tactics, uh, Swifty looks at Varia and says, Hey, Varia, do, do you have a magical way to disguise yourself? She's, um, I mean, I can cast disguise self on myself. That That is basically exactly what I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a plan. Me, me and the large elephant person can disguise ourselves with infiltration expertise. And you disguise yourself, and we all pretend we are bringing Douglas to jail. Ooh. And then we kill everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see about that. I'm just saying, take it into consideration (laughs) on the way there. Swifty might try to kill some people who yeah. may not, may or may not deserve it. I'm not saying she is wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna give you like the moral authority on this one. They're, they're doing some pretty nasty stuff to these trees. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. We, I, 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 get there. I didn't we necessarily kill mean many. Kill, kill the trees. <laughs> I don't think Douglas would be cool with that. But I mean, guards are fair game. Uh, so, uh... all right, dear deal. Are you guys going to go by Gerald's? Yeah, we're going to go by Gerald's. Gerald's shop. Um, As you open the doors to uh, Gerald's shop, I guess, or workshop, there we go, you see a scene of 
what can only be described as loosely controlled chaos. Hmm. Uh, Gerald seems to have as many as 15 to 20 different experiments and things happening all at the same time. He has other gnomes in there that are trying to tend to these and keep them from boiling over. You see... uh, I am very nervous. (laughs) You see that there's like three of the gnomes that just have no facial hair, no eyebrows, nothing like it's all been singed off. I just stand really like in the doorway. I don't want to knock anything (laughs) over. But just directly into the entrance of this room, though, there's a, a long uh, counter that separates the back half workshop area from where you guys can kind of stay in there. And Gerald, you see him all the way at the back of the workshop and he sees you guys come in and he runs through the workshop dodging as one of the gnomes that's helping him is like tending to this odd looking like stone golem head as fire just like shoots out the eyeball (laughs) they both kind of duck under it and he continues to make his way towards you and as he he gets up to the counter he's like ah ah almost didn't make it that time things are getting fun in here a close one hey guys how are you doing did you come for for some supplies for a mission i want you to make me something gerald that, okay. That jackass Barry can control people with his voice now. I need something to make that not happen. Hold on, I got I got just the thing. And he like dashes uh, through a door at the end of the the counter and comes back out and he sets down in front of you what appears to be earmuffs. <laughs> He's like, okay, um, what these will do, uh, you put them around your ears and he looks at you, Swifty, and he kind of like, it's like, where, where are your ears? <laughs> I, can you put them into my goggles? Um, I mean, I could just kind of sew them together. Yeah, do that. Okay. <laughs> so he does. So now when you put your goggles on. It's like a full on knife like, helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what these uh, earmuffs do, they will basically give you advantage. Advantage against spells that use, like, sound components and immunity to being um, charmed. Thank you. Yeah. Gerald turns to you, Chirp, and he says, uh, Chirp, um, you're looking pretty healthy these days. I think... I'm feeling real good. I think I have something for you that might help you in the future. We'll see. Excuse me. And he runs through the door again, comes back out, and he is carrying what looks to be kind of a heavy, large cloak. And he's it's just a little gnome, so he's, like, kind of struggling under the weight of it. And he sets what it does up it on look the counter, like? And he says, um, this is a cloak of disguising. Yay! Patent pending, TM, TM, TM. Yay! Um... It's a bit heavy, if you couldn't tell. Yes. And as you pick it up, you feel that even, like, for your large size, like, this thing is, it Good. almost feels like it's made out of lead. Like, it's a, uh, oh, one of those uh, weighted blankets is what it feels say. like. I like it. When you put it over your shoulders. It and will, this will make me stronger. <laughs> he says, uh, well, um. That's not it, how it disguises work. Yeah, it doesn't sure. make you stronger. It will. Um, no, the weight. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but that uh, is how physics up... works, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> you put up the hood, and now this is the part that kind of sucks and is a little embarrassing. But you have to like d- 
describe out loud exactly what you want to look like. Oh no, okay. Can you whisper it? No, you have to say it in like a normal tone. Ooh, that seems I can yeah, look it is like the only anything? real drawback. But you can look like, well, anything that's within your size. Oh, oh. I'm just saying, Gerald, Ooh. think when you make things. Mm. Hey, this isn't an exact science, it's magic. Hmm. I feel there is a retort that I just have not found yet. What does the cloak look like when it's not magic? Is hmm. it just like a brown cloak or something? Yeah, it just looks like a plain cloak. A weighted cool. blanket? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Snuggy? What are those? <laughs> yes! <laughs> the Snuggy of disguising. I'm just wearing it backwards. <laughs> Uh, Gerald nods to you very and he says, um, ma'am, uh, I've got something for you as well. I don't know oh. if you'll really need it, but, um, I think may help you. Uh, give me a second. And he runs through the door and runs back out and he is carrying a very delicate looking pair of what appear to be bifocals. And as he sets them down oh. in front of you, he says, okay, you're going to want to be like, really gentle with those, but while you're wearing these, you will have a couple different visions, I guess you could say. Um, one of them is like a, uh, um, you can see the heat of things, and then the other one is just full on true sight. And you see as you're picking up these glasses uh, through the main lens part, you can see basically like a thermal signature of everything in the room. And this distresses you at first because you can see that they're towards the back of the room, a couple of these experiments that are going off look to be like white hot. <laughs> like oh they, no. They should be burning through whatever containment they're in basically. <laughs> but then as you, you adjust your, your focus down to the half lenses that are at the bottom of these bifocals, you, I mean, as a warlock, I don't know with a Raven Queen, do you get true sight or like, I know some of the patrons do. Not as far as I'm aware, no. I do get a Raven friend who who gives me like stuff, but there isn't anything about true sight. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, it gives you full true sight. So I mean, you can, you turn and look at Chirp and you can see that this cloak that she's wearing is covered in like glowing runes. And if you move the glasses up and look at her normally, it just looks like a normal cloak. So this cloak is very obviously super enchanted. Same thing with the earmuffs uh, that he gave to So I have to a quick Swifty. question on those. Can I hear regular sound like talking? Oh yeah, through those yeah, earmuffs? everything comes through I perfectly clear. I just want to make clear. sure about that. Yeah, these glasses basically give you thermal vision and true sight. So I'm a dragonborn oh. with this whole steampunk helmet on. <laughs> I really want to make them like big, giant, pink, fluffy earmuffs. <laughs> I think that's a good visual. This <laughs> is like very serious. With some Elton John night vision goggles. Yeah. <laughs> Gerald turns to Douglas and he says, I don't know if I have anything for your tree friend, but um, let me see what I got in the back. And he goes running back through dodging various experiments blowing up all at the same kind of time before he says something when he comes back i turn from douglas like i was conferring with him and i look at gerald and i say these better be good gerald or douglas he will be furious 
Gerald comes back <laughs> with a what appears to be some sort of belt made of leather and metal. And the metal at first is, is it's hard to tell like exactly what kind of metal it is. It's a very dark color, looks almost burnished. And he sets it down on the counter in front of Douglas and he says, I think this will fit you. Um, but here's the thing. This belt will give you fire magic, but also make you immune to fire. Understand? And Douglas, like, like I said before, he's very soft-spoken, very quiet. He just, uh, he just says, yes, this pleases me. Oh, he can talk? I thought he could just ruffle his Oh, no, leaves. he can rustle his leaves together in a way to make sounds, words. Oh. He's, he's talked to Swifty before. He's just soft-spoken. Uh, but basically what this belt does for, for him is that it gives him the ability to cast Fireball once a day, but also have just full fire immunity. Yeah, the immunity is the, a huge plus. And Gerald says, okay, well, um, I got I got a lot of things going right now, so if that's like, if you guys don't need anything else, I'm gonna get back to it, and he doesn't even wait. Thank you, Gerald! He's already like halfway back into the workshop checking on these experiments. I would like to write him a note before we leave asking him that he does not help Barry at all because he's a dick. <laughs> so as the four of you make your way through the catacombs and get to the the exit out into the woods just beyond the wall of the the main city or of Salandrian um you come out into a small clearing that has like several I'd, I'd say eight or nine different paths leading off of it uh some of them seem to kind of cross each other but they they all look to go different directions eventually and consulting the map that you were all given you guys find which path you need to go on and start to travel down it uh you know that it'll take you about an hour and a half to get there oh, by okay. foot. are we concerned about people being on this road no, these uh, trails are used by the Protectorate to scout out oh, into the okay. forest, and you you would know that they basically use concealing magic for anybody that's not inside the, or like a sworn-in member of the Protectorate. So if they find these trails, they just look like deer trails. I would like to look at Chirp and tap him on his elephant arm and say, Tap him? Her, <laughs> her on her elephant arm and say, Chirp, I have a favor to ask you. Do you still speak bird? Oh. Yeah. Well, I understand. See, I, I am worried that the little Chirp should not be in a battle situation. And I need you to ask him to hide in Douglas's tree branches afro. As you okay. look, you've realized that Little Chirp has somehow made a, like, small wicker breastplate and has, like, a, a toothpick with a thumbtack tied to the end of it as a spear. It I, I think, very serious. I think Douglas uh, is encouraging him. I'm going to walk over to Little Chirp and pick it up with my trunk. Okay. And walk over... To a tree like a few rows back in the forest and set it up on a branch and just go <laughs> that was a stay whistle yeah 
Oh, oh yeah, you can see the hand, hand signal. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stay. Little Chirp lets off a long string of whistles and clicks that uh, you interpret as, I don't want to, but I will. You bring him back safe now, you hear? Okay. I give it a little tap on the head. But it, and then it looks, uh, it gives you a little wave with its wing and then starts pacing back and forth yeah. um, on the tree branch that you left it on. I don't think it can understand guarding. me, but I say, you stay here and watch our backs. Make sure nobody's coming. Thanks, I feel important now. <laughs> Oh, little chip. Thank okay. you, bird person. And then I'm gonna do my cloak, and I want to turn into uh, Douglas fur, like Douglas. Oh, you're not gonna be like a guard. You're gonna go as no. another tree. No, I'm, I'm cool gonna be that. a tree. What, like? I'll be like my size, so I'm smaller than Douglas. From our briefing, do we know like what race is in charge of this? Oh, humans. Oh, humans. The the church is. The only people that they use for, like, it's all just humans. The other races, they've subjugated in different ways. And from our knowledge of the church, do we have any idea of, like, badges of rank of, like, like Inquisitor? Oh, um, Cardinal, I mean, there's no real, like... I can't stroll up in there as the Pope of the... Of the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, th I mean, there's, there's not really defined ranking it's more there are officers of the church um who are all human like it's basically if you're human and you walk up and you you know look proper they're not gonna ask too deep unless you start doing some shade like okay so i'm also going to they give humans the benefit of the doubt i'm going to use my disguising yes. abilities and make myself into a hairless old man with no eyes and if someone looks at my eyes, they see little tentacles. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. And some um, sort of like staff for like badge of office. Okay. Uh, Varia, are, are, you're going to disguise yourself as well? Yep, I can use disguise self at will because of um, my tome. Oh, nice. That I've got the part of the tome. So I just kind of turn into basically just without the ears and just kind of look a little bit more human, but not that much of a difference. Okay, okay. Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I am here today with the amazing Stephanie Miller, uh, who agreed to play with us last minute when we had another guest drop out and she very graciously stepped up and played a very fun character for us today. Uh, thank you for being here. No problem. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to roll right into the questions here. Uh, what, got you into tabletop gaming what do you what do you like about it what really like kind of made you want to continue to play okay um basically i got into it through the adventure zone um like <laughs> even how i got into the adventure is kind of weird 
um, because I kind of joined the group before I knew what the Adventure Zone was. Yeah. And then realized, like, after a few episodes, so, oh, wait, it's that group. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, okay. That makes sense. I was wondering why there were so many fans there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a while to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've listened to that a few times and then just joined a group just like you know what I want this so I got into it that way and I'm very happy I did yeah I uh I had kind of a similar th- like uh Wes who plays Barry on the show had been bugging me for years to try and get a game started up and then I started listening to the Adventure Zone and was like well now I want to do this yeah. <laughs> and realized once we put a game together it was like oh well if we don't do a podcast, we're not going to have like the obligation to get together often enough to play. So it was like, yeah, let's just do a podcast. We have audio gear. Let's just go for it. And I'm glad we did as well. It's uh, tabletop gaming is one of those things where it's, you get to know people better just by how they play characters and tell a story with you. It's a really fun way to kind of collaborate on a story because even if you're not um, always engaging, if you've got like social anxiety or anything, you still add something to it. So it feels like you're part of a group and it's just really nice. I just, I just really like it. Yeah. Well, and like you can sometimes just sit back and watch other people play and get a cool story told to you and then get to add into it when you want to. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm glad that it, you know, it gives you the freedom to really kind of just do whatever you want, but also it gives you the constraint of doing that with your friends and having to play nice and (laughs) throw a wrench into things at times, but that always makes it more interesting. So uh, if you were a ranger in real life, um, what monster would be your favorite enemy? Like what, what would you like a bonus to attacking (laughs) In everyday life, <laughs> giant spiders or just normal spiders, just spiders. I don't like spiders. <laughs> just like if I could get an attack bonus on that, that would be pretty good. I mean, I don't really need them for like the small ones, but they get big, and you're like, ah, maybe not. No, I can't do with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what would your uh, animal companion be? Cats. Cats. Yeah. I'm pretty- yeah. Like a lot of cats yeah, or just be... one big one? <laughs> like a horde of cats. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out like the crazy cat lady sort of thing. Just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine if crazy cat ladies could actually command their cats? <laughs> and organize <laughs> them? <laughs> oh, there would be riots. <laughs> But cats are lawn unto themselves, so it's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so what uh, TTRPG or just general podcast do you think like more people should be listening to? I'm a big fan of a, a podcast um, called I Don't Know Radio or IDK Radio. Okay. Um, it's very... Um, what's the word? It's all over the place, you know, it's very, I'm trying to think of the word, but the word's not um, arriving. Anyway, there's a lot of, like, good chaotic energy within it, and it's just a blast to listen to, so. 
Nice. Uh, I recommend it if you're into Mabim Bam, to be honest. Oh, perfect. Where can people find you on social media if you want them to follow you? Um, any projects or other things you want to promote? I'm on Facebook and I'm also on Twitter. Um, if you just search my name, uh, Steph um, Nick Nevin Miller, um, you should be able to find me on Facebook. But I'm also on Twitter under Nick Nevin 3 um, if you want to follow me there. I it's probably going to be a lot of garbage, but if you want to follow me, it's there. Oh, yeah, um, the no, only I, thing I want to... <laughs> My Twitter is the <laughs> same. <laughs> um, the only thing I'm really promoting right now is I am appearing at GIFCON, which is a symposium on fantasy literature oh, nice. at Glasgow University on Friday, um, <laughs> so, which is pretty terrifying. Narrow but casting, if, but like, that's, that's pretty big. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. I'm talking about the final pad, which is just... Oh, just, my okay. God. Um, is it going to be, like... Oh, my God. Is it going to be recorded in any way? Because that's amazing. <laughs> so, if it's not, I'm probably going to put it in YouTube. Because <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about the final pad. <laughs> Hell, yes. And apparently, some academics are like, okay, well, let's listen to this thing about the final pad. We don't know it's what art. it is, but okay. You're it's on. Art. You're in. You're in. Final pam is yeah. Art. <laughs> art. <laughs> so yeah that's the only thing i wanted to promote really awesome awesome well thank you again for playing with us today and joining me and answering my stupid questions <laughs> it was a blast it really was yeah we had a lot of fun too uh you know when we take our break at the end of the episode we always go out and talk about the guest <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we all had we definitely all had a lot of fun awesome all right, uh, we're going to let everybody get back into the episode. Bye. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsors. Greetings, interstellar travelers from Point Zero Star, a sci-fi RPG adventure with five humble Canadians as your hosts. Follow the crew of the Mary Shelley, Vinyl Flyway, Kays, Nix Nedra, and the daring captain, Rust Duckers. They're just trying to earn some thread and stay under the radar, but things haven't worked out that way so far. Look for Point Zero Star on iTunes or wherever you receive podcast transmissions. Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it. <laughs> and we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show, and wow, we had pretty good experiences with all of them. We found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www.goshortwave.com, to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to 
www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Welcome to Queer Dungeoneers. This is an unbearable experience. If someone was listening to this, they would say, this is pure silliness. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a really big cow. Moo. It is Baramos of the Fourth Circle. Free me from this orb. Do you have Baramos in your bag? No. You can tell me if you've got Baramos in your bag. No, I've got rations. You've got Baramos in your bag. No, I don't. Nim, what have you done? Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. Get it now. I am great and nothing can hurt me. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I'm here to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, LibrisArcana.com. They are a dice service that does monthly subscription boxes with dice in them. Every month you subscribe to them and you get a new set of dice. Their dice are amazingly designed and some of the prettiest dice we've seen. We're very lucky to secure a sponsorship with them. So what they'll be doing for us is if you go on Libris Arcana and subscribe to their monthly dice service, uh, you can get 20% off your first month subscription by using the code BEHOLDER at checkout. Once again, get on there, get your first month subscription, and you'll get 20% off with the code BEHOLDER. Put it in at checkout and you'll be good to go. The four of you, now disguised as two humans and two trees, get to a point in the trail where it opens up into a large clearing where there has been kind of a, well, an installation of sorts put up. The fencing is not traditional fencing. It is pits that encircle this entire area of flames that reach about 10 feet high and where these kind of circle around and converge is on a building that is also surrounded in flames except for a small opening in the front where there are two human guards standing i have a quick question that probably doesn't have anything to do with anything now but might play in later. How tall is Douglas if he stretches out his arms like this? Uh, about nine feet. Damn. Yeah, yeah I want to point out I have three main branches, like my arms and my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Does one of those branches come out of your face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that trains her. Little eyes. So the four of you um, are kind of not directly in front of the you know the entryway but kind of coming in off to the side i'm assuming you just walk up there like you're supposed to be there quick question question steph are you deceptive at all like do you have a good deception not really <laughs> not really yeah i'm just thinking, i have um, a very good deception but is, i'm a tree which is why you should have been a human not a tree because <laughs> <laughs> i have zero hmm <laughs> Oh, wait, I've got a plus three. I forgot about that. Shit. <laughs> okay, then I, I think I'm going to stand there trying to look important. I think you should do the talking because you have a better chance of getting in, us in than I do. So as as the four of you approach these two guards that are standing outside the door, uh, the guards kind of put their spears across the walkway and they say, the one on 
as you're coming up to him, the one on the left says, Are these new prisoners? Who who are you two? Uh, I don't recognize either of you. <laughs> um, I, she kind of basically straightens up and said, Look, if, if you want these ones, then I can take them and that's absolutely fine. But if you want to stop me and if I have to report you, then I will. I will take your name and I'll put it all over the place. <laughs> If you want a job, you want to continue having a job here, then I swear <laughs> you better let me in and stop asking me such stupid bloody questions. I, I, I point my staff at them and <laughs> wave my eye tentacles. <laughs> uh, the one on the right uh, is looking at you, Swifty, very concerned, like, um, do you not have a... Uh, glamour spell that you can use those are kind of freaking me out staring directly at your tentacle eyes uh and the one on the left <laughs> says ma'am i i i i'm sorry i'm sorry um you can go in with your prisoners but i'm gonna have to go and check with the captain and make sure that we were expecting a transfer today you understand? I'm just doing my job. She just rolls her eyes and just, oh my god, are you serious? Every single time this happens, does anyone speak to anyone else in that godforsaken <laughs> place? For God's sake! I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not a fan of bureaucracy myself, but I, I do have a job to do. Please just wait here for a moment. And, oh, after that guard walks away uh, with my sleight of hand I would very stealthily like to take my poison knife out and use the slow poison to just nick the other guard uh yeah make me a sleight of hand check <laughs> 23 uh yeah you po slowly poison the guard uh, and he <laughs> he's so distracted by your tentacle eye eyes yeah uh, <laughs> that he doesn't notice it and then like when you prick him, he kind of jumps for a second, and he's like, "Did anyone see? Did anyone see a bee?" And then I look at Varia, who I believe has true sight, correct? Yes. And I, so you see my real eye wink, and you see my little tentacle eye hold up like one tentacle, like one down. <laughs> <laughs> the the guard that went inside comes back out, and he says, "Um." Well, this is awkward. The uh, the captain, she said that uh, we weren't expecting anyone, but to let you in, and she will uh, she will talk to you, okay? And he lost. signals the other guard, and they, they move their spears and let you guys inside. As the four of you enter this, uh, what appears to be like kind of a, a Quonset hut, half circle long um as you as you walk in you're coming in the middle of this building and you see that there have been stalls set up in this building and it's about 150 feet wide by about 60 feet deep pretty big building uh and in each of these stalls you see some humans but mostly tifling and half works working to carve bits of these trees and 
some of them are at various stages of refining the wood. Some of them are taking it off of living trees that are, you know, just standing there and uh, being restrained by what seems to be bands of just bright light. And Douglas looks, starts to shake really I'm hard. Mimic, I'm trying to mimic Douglas. I still have mimic. Do you think I can use that to like behave like Douglas? Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and Douglas, like he, he's making this almost guttural growling noise at this point. And one of the guards standing nearby says, Ha! Fresh meat! Mm. As the the four of you kind of come into this space, uh, stepping out from behind one of these, a figure kind of steps out from one of these stalls, and you see a dwarven woman uh, standing about four and a half, five feet tall. Uh, she's stocky. She has this distinctive scar across her mouth and almost off-putting gray eyes. She appears to be a relatively young dwarf, kind of unkempt, wild, red hair. And she immediately sizes each of you up. And she says, there's something familiar about you, my lady. Um, have we met before? Turning to you, Varia. Of shaking a little bit, I guess. And then she just like, is that meant to be a thing against humans? Or I don't know what your problem is. Milady, please. I did not mean any offense. Um, something is just very familiar about you and I can't. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe we we met in a past life, huh? Perhaps. I see you've brought me. Is this dwarf the captain? Yes, uh, she's got like a uh, on her shoulder. She has a big purple eye symbol and um, kind of has like one of those half capes. So I I can establish papers of introduction with my infiltration expertise yeah so i'm going to walk up to her like i'm very much in charge and hand her the papers saying i am an agent of the church inspecting various camps and prisons to make sure they are all up to snuff uh she she looks over the papers really quickly and she turns to you varia and she says ah um i did not realize you had an inspector with you um well, we will, uh, we will make some preparations. Why don't you bring the prisoners in? We will get them situated, uh, and then I can show you around the camp. Does that sound sure, fine? That would, that would be fine. Absolutely fine. So I point to Douglas and Chirp, and I say, Don't touch! <laughs> uh, she says, I oh, let, I, I let them escort them away. I just want to make sure that they're not harmed. Okay. Like, uh, I'm going to use them for something later. She she kind of, as a couple of guards <laughs> are coming are up. Mine. Yeah, as yeah. a couple of guards are coming up to escort off uh, Chirp and Douglas, she kind of shakes her head and she says, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I seem to have forgotten myself. My name is Kara. And she extends a hand 
to shake both of your hands. And uh, she says, what were your names? I lean down into the handshake with my face and I use my eye tentacles to shake her hand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got a bad feeling on my human physical meat space. This little tiny tentacle that. like Thank rubbing you. against your fingers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I stand up and I say, I am Chuck. <laughs> good to good, good to meet you, Chuck. Inspector Chuck. <laughs> said Chuck. 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 It's a J. Chuck. Chuck. I think J E A C K. <laughs> Like Jack with an E? Yeah, like French Jack. <laughs> Jack! I think that would be so <laughs> <laughs> But she, uh, she says, oh, okay. Uh, and she turns to you, Varia, and your initial suspicions are correct. This, this was, like she said in a past life, your former lover. Taken away from you by the church, you thought that she was dead. And as she she leans in to give you a handshake, you she kind of leans towards you a bit with a small bow, and you can see her blouse kind of is open up at the neck, and you can see down her shirt a little bit, and you can see the scar where you watched her stab through the chest. She doesn't have any hint of, like, undead to her. She doesn't seem to be resurrected. More just healed and changed. Because she obviously does not recognize you she she finds it a little bit awkward and she's kind of just wanting to she would like to kind of get away from her a little bit okay so she's trying to think of a way to get out of it now um your patron is the raven queen and she tends to leave you to your own business uh but as you're shaking hands with the raven queen basically screams in the back of your mind to kill her immediately that she is an abomination and should not be alive so, and it's with these conflicting feelings that uh care you know breaks the the handshake and she says oh um are you sure we've never met i'm sorry I, forgive me um i'm a bit forgetful i've had a bout of amnesia and um well, the, the people in the church have treated me really well. Uh, anyways, um, enough with my life story. <laughs> Why don't you and Jock <laughs> follow me? Um, I will give you a quick tour of the premises and then you can, you can be begin your inspection. This way. And she, she turns around and leads you towards the door at the other side of this, uh, directly across from this building that seems to lead out into the main prison yard. Um, and as she leads you through the door, you see that there are um, a couple layers of security to get through, and then you're out into the yard with what appears to be at least 20 or so treats. They're from different families, so some of them appear to be maples, some of them appear to be oaks, some of them appear to be uh, pine, but they all have the same thing in common, and that's the fact that they've got just chunks missing out of them. Some of them so deep that you can almost see the heartwood 
at their mm-hmm. centers. And Chirp and Douglas have already been escorted out here. And you can see as as Kara leads the two of you out into this yard, uh, Chirp and Douglas are maybe 10 feet away with these guards kind of leading them in there and turning around to go back uh, and go through the door and get it locked. Douglas has an immediate, vis- very visceral reaction to being here and lets out a noise that sounds like, I don't know if you've ever heard a tree falling over, that horrible ripping, snapping mm. vibration. And all of the tree, all of the treats immediately turn towards him. And he screams, revolt! And immediately just starts barreling towards Kara and and the two of you, Varia and Swifty. And as he's like barreling towards you, Swifty, you see a look in his eyes that you've never seen before. Like he is fully enraged. And as he starts to charge at you, the walls, these firewalls that surround this yard, shoot long tendrils of fire directly inwards towards him and try to block his path and he just runs right through it with his fire immunity. <laughs> okay, so the Dwarven Captain has not taken any damage yet, correct? No, she's standing about five feet in front of you and Varia. And you guys are just, like just inside the door. Okay, I would like to take two long steps, grab her by the head, and pull my knife with the other hand and up through the bottom of the jaw. Oh, goodness, okay. Because I have assassinate, uh... So I have advantage against her, and surprised enemies are auto-critical attack. Oh, shit. Okay, so that just means you do double damage if you hit. Yes, but after if I succeed, I'm going to further this. Real quick. So, Varia, are you, like, you see him stepping up to do this. Are you going to just let it happen? Are you going to try and interfere? I don't know what's going on in her head. Yeah. Um, I try and trip him up. <laughs> Okay, okay. Chirp, as you see Douglas, you know, charging towards this dwarf uh, and the fire lick out, you, are you going to do anything or are you going to stand there just shocked? Um, yeah, right now I just want to watch and see what's going to happen and so that I know where Before to step, you break your... step in yeah. and uh, come out of my... Swifty, as you are stepping forward... Varia kicks a leg out and puts it in front of your feet. Uh, Varia, I'm going to have you roll a, I'm going to say a dex attack. Okay. If you have proficiency in dex attacks, you can add your proficiency, but otherwise just add your modifier. Can I use my athletics to jump over her foot? Well, I was going to say, you're going to do a dex save here in a second. Oh, I didn't do too good. Um, I got 10. Ooh, okay. Sweet. My dex alone is nine. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, just you a You have reliable safe. talent. 26. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you easily step as, over as her I foot. As I jump it, I look at you with a like, what the fuck look. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. As you are closing in on this dwarf, uh, go ahead and roll me an attack roll. 16. Okay. Uh, 16 is not enough. She actually um, feels you, you know, putting your arm around one neck and trying to pull her head back to, to stab her. And she blocks the knife and 
make me a uh, strength saving throw. <gasps> Five. That's a net one, no, right? That's a one. Oh, yeah, that's a net one. Sorry. Yeah, uh, she easily grabs onto you and flips you over the front of her, throwing you down almost immediately into this fire that's coming out of the wall, right into the path of Douglas. And he kind of gets tripped up on you and tangled up with you. And now you and Douglas are like laying on the ground in front of her. As we are, I would like to look at Douglas and say, Douglas tactics. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and your your disguise has dropped at this point. Yeah. So yeah, everybody roll me initiative. I had a plan and you ruined it. It was all a ruse. Uh, 18. 13. A nine. As you get tangled up and, you know, you go down, um, rushing into the clearing and into the yard from out of this main doorway, there is, like, 15 guards. Like, pretty much everybody you saw in that building. Uh, yeah, minus one, who, uh... Outside the doors, uh, at this, <laughs> at the moment that you tangled up and did a really like bad job with Douglas, that one guard just dropped dead, <laughs> and the other guard looks at him like, "Ralph, are you are you okay, Ralph? No, Ralph!" <laughs> he's holding him in his arms while he's crying now. As everybody else from this place rushes into the yard, and they immediately try to surround the four of you. The dwarf is still standing right there in the middle of kind of, I guess, Chirp, you're on the far side. Douglas and Swifty are kind of tangled up in front of the dwarf. And Varia, you're standing basically right behind the dwarf. The fire stops trying to stop Douglas and stays as a wall as all of the treats in this place rush all of the guards. All around you, there are now about... 15 different fights breaking out between the the treats that some of them are kind of having to team up with each other to fight a single guy but because of how damaged they are but they're all doing their part and Swifty it's your turn so now you've got this like chaos of trees and orcs and typhlings and humans fighting around you the dwarf is just standing above you staring you down is she directly above us like she, she's like right over the top of the two of you. Okay, so I glance at Douglas, still like shaking my head disapprovingly, <laughs> and I switch my breath muzzle to fire because I know he has a cool new magic belt. Yeah, and I aim up and I let her rip. Okay, uh, and that's what uh, that's uh, saving throw, isn't it? Yeah, for your breath weapon. That's going. That's that's going to be a fourteen. Yeah, it is 14. And you get it on the save, don't you? Defend- well, it's still half damage. So yeah, roll your breath weapon damage. 13? Yep. So she takes seven damage. I'll give her the higher end of it. You just see that some of her hair is singed and her eyebrows are now missing. And she lets out a loud bellow and tries to bring tries to bring both of her fists down onto your head but you can see like a faint magical aura coming out of them for a uh, 18. That'll hit. 
Uh, oh man, it's been a while since I did some damage. Uh, as she brings her hands down on top of your head, uh, you hear a loud, thunderous noise, and you take 15 points of damage. The noise isn't in any way magical, is it? Yeah, it, it's deafening. But... And now you're deaf for like... I guess it, it only lasts a minute or two, but... The headphones give me advantage of sound magic. Does that play? Oh, you're still wearing the... Yeah! <laughs> so yeah, you're not deafened, but uh, the, the and the sound is a bit muffled. <laughs> I forgot about this. So it's still the damage, but not the deafen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and now, Chirp, it's your turn. Mm, can I... I'm like a back ways. Yeah, you're about 10 feet away. Uh, she hasn't done anything to dispel her disguise yet. Mm -mm. No, yeah, you still look like a tree. Although the, you're yeah, the I'm one Yeah, I'm just kind tree. of trying to like, I'm just shuffling around trying to stay out of anybody's you're business. You're the one tree not right revolting. <laughs> yeah. I figure I'm smaller than most of trees, so. You're just kind of chilling? You're, you're not going to do anything um, on your turn? I, well, I want to like maybe get a little closer if I need to. Uh just hold your turn for now. Yeah, and hold okay. my turn. Uh, all right. Uh, Varia, it's your turn. Um, has my disguise worn off, or do I need to manually do that? Um, I would say at this point, like, whether or not your disguise is going, they know you're Something an enemy is at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could act really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I off people when they fail inspections all the time. This could be the use. <laughs> she looks at Kara. She can't kind of keep it hold. And she more or less screams out, I saw you die. The hits out with Eldritch Blast. Nice. So I have three beams of that. So it's 13, 16, and five. Okay. Um, so do any of those hit or? Um, the 17 does. Yeah. Okay. So I've for damage. Uh, she takes 13 damage. Okay. She takes this Eldritch Blast in the back and immediately turns around and starts to scream as she actually takes uh, 26 points of damage. Ooh. Crazy. And her back, like the, the flesh seems to burn where you hit her with this Eldritch Blast. And she, as she's screaming, that wound on her chest opens up and um, a long, black, thick, like slimy looking tentacle reaches his way out and tries to whip down at you. Oh God. I was just gonna say, I was gonna maybe try and move out of the way, but I don't know whether I've got enough time to do that sort of thing. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, no. It's, it's happening no. pretty quickly. That's fine. Um, but yeah. since she held her turn, I'm going to give her a moment to Am like. Am I able jump to like use my short bow and still. Um, Maintain your tree? Yeah. Be tree. Like, just kind of like peek out in the middle of my cloak. <laughs> out the center of the trunk, you know? Like, the trunk just beep. opens up like a knot. <laughs> you just see this like little elephant facing them. <laughs> um, yeah, why not? It's more cool. fun that way. So I'm gonna use my short bow. What? Why? Uh, roll me a uh, attack roll. Seventeen. Uh, plus, plus eight. eight. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Roll me some damage. <laughs> I'd also say that's your sneak oh. attack because you have people like because she is right tree. next to her. And you're a rogue. 
plus 66? Yeah. Oh. Damn. Here's some. Give me all your dice. That's a smash. <laughs> 23. Damn. Plus your initial D6 plus, plus four. four. Well, you got to do your initial D6 plus four. <laughs> plus, ten. plus 10, so 33. <laughs> uh, yeah, you. I don't know. I have plus two for my telescope. So, okay. I just want to set a, the scene. Do I, I, st I have still have my telescope, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's plus two. Oh, so plus 12, so... Two. Two. So 35. Well, yeah, so, yeah, 35. Oh, my God, dear. Uh, so... Oh, I actually do damage now. Oh, sorry. We see a installation ringed in fire that is in complete chaos with trees getting the upper hand on all of these humans and orcs and tieflings as... A tentacle whips out of this dwarf, or, uh, Kara's body and tries to come down dealing a killing blow on Varia as the one lone tree not doing anything <laughs> opens up a bit and an arrow flies out and pierces through the back of Kara's head and she goes limp. Yes, headshot. <laughs> that sounds like chirp. <laughs> A short time later, things have died down. The trees have taken over or, or, or have overtaken the, uh, the guards at this place. And as you're left there kind of standing, surveying the damage, you see that there are a few trees that have fallen, but mostly are they are all victorious. And uh, Douglas walks over to a group of oaks and starts giving them hugs and seems to be very familiar with them. And he comes back to you, Swifty, and he's very quietly, like, leans down to you and in your ear says, I found my family. Douglas owed me a life debt, correct? Yeah. No, he'll still, like, he owes you a double life debt now. Yeah, like, oh, you, yeah, okay. like, <laughs> you helped him save his family. I'm not <laughs> allowing him to go. Varia, as you, you know, kind of, are standing over the body of Kara, you see that this this tentacle kind of goes limp as well and starts to shrivel up and actually pull out of her chest. And you see her body kind of shrivel a bit and it, it seems like whatever this tentacle was, it was keeping her alive. And the Raven Queen in the back of your mind says, you've done my work again. At least someone did, but you'll reap the benefit. And I'd say just for the fun of it, you can take another like the class, warlock class like bonuses you get from your uh, your patron. Nice. But yeah, you have a moment standing there before her body kind of completely rots away. Do you do anything? She is. She just finds it a bit too much, and she just makes sure that she does actually pass. Like there isn't anything else that can happen. Make sure so she watches the whole thing. If that makes sense. Okay. Uh, as, as you sit with her body and, and make sure that there's nothing left, these trees, they all kind of group up around you and Douglas comes and sits down next to you and they kind of, they feel the emotions that you're going through and they start to all sway back and forth lightly, which has an instant calming effect that just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And helps and helps with the the pain of watching your former lover dissolve into nothing. That that, that would help. <laughs> <laughs>
That's a wrap, people. <laughs>